Welcome to the Swift Hour. I'm your host, Keisha Berry, and this is your invitation to learn with us on the go. This is a podcast where we share best practices, industry trends, insights, and thought leadership perspectives from industry-leading experts so that you can get an insider's look into making your digital transformation a success. I'm excited to welcome Jean-Benoit Sarzan, our senior business consultant here at Lean Swift Solutions, to our very first podcast, Today, Everything is Supply Chain. COVID-19, post-pandemic economic effects, and the ongoing conflict in the Ukraine have exposed vulnerabilities of today's global supply chain. JB, as we call him, is a business consultant and project manager in supply chain management and in for ERP system implementations. Welcome, JB. We're so happy to have you. Uh, thanks, Keisha. And first, thanks for trying to pronounce my name correctly. It's very hard. It's French, and I know it's not easy, right? Um, so, yeah, anyway, so Jean-Benoît, but please call me JB. It's going to be a lot easier. Uh, for... I gave it my best shot, JB. I really did. Yeah, I know you did, and it was pretty good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so a bit about myself. Um, well, I got into supply chain very early in my career. In fact, I just uh, got into supply chain right after college. Um, I wanted to see the world and collect as many business experiences as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so consulting came up like the obvious choice, right? Um, so I first started as a consultant on an ERP implementation in food and beverage uh, in Europe. And I was involved in a production part of the project. And then it led me to planning and scheduling. And there I was in the middle of supply chain planning. Um, so that's how I started. Um, and since then, I worked in Europe and in the US on more than 30 projects uh, from technical to functional and business consulting and project management. Uh, so I've done almost all what you can see in a, all that you can mm. see in a, in a project. Um, and in all kinds of industries, uh, but definitely food and beverage is my, you know, that's where my heart goes because that was my first project. So I will always remember food and beverage. And so mm -hmm. every time I start a new project, if it's food and beverage, I'm more than happy. You know, I'm just curious why you say that. Is there a big difference between uh, food and beverage supply chain compared to like chemical or something other? something different that makes you, you know, enjoy food and beverage uh, supply chains more? I mean, any industry has its specific requirements and constraints and regulations and so on. So it's really because it was my first. So mm. I learned the industry by food and beverage, which is clearly not the most simple ones, um, most simple one, because there are a lot of stuff going on on food and beverage that you need to take care of like uh, expiration dates and uh, it's a process industry so you have to manage tanks you have to manage oh. um, traceability and so on so it was um, it's a bit harder to work on food and beverage than on discrete manufacturing mm -hmm. uh, but all these industries have uh, really interesting uh, requirements and things to to consider but food and beverage is my first that's all oh i see okay so you got to worry about the shelf life of say you know chocolate <laughs> right yeah for instance <laughs> for uh... instance <laughs> <laughs> well you know i have been looking forward to talking to you and i have to admit i've been doing a little bit of research on supply chain because i after college uh i went to japan i did not go into erp implementation so 
Uh, if you want to talk about, you know, how to make sushi, I can talk to you about that. But today, let's focus on supply chain. And so I'm just curious your thoughts about um, what's going on in the trends with regards to supply chain, how we can help our listeners from your experience. And, you know, right now, the chief supply chain officers have uh, a huge role to play in L huge opportunity to future-proof their supply chain. So I just wondered what you thought about that and um, their critical role. Well, some might say they are heroes. I I'm not sure uh, they are heroes, but clearly they have a huge role to play in their company's growth and resilience. Um, supply chain management has become a central piece in fulfilling companies' strategies, uh, but it's more to it. Oh, today, everything you see, everything you work with is supply chain. Uh, you put an, an order online, it's supply chain. Uh, you use mm -hmm. a computer in your office, it's supply chain because it came to your office some way. Uh, you go to your grocery store next door, it's supply chain. Uh, even if you go on vacation, you're doing some supply chain and you need some supply chain to make it work. So everything is is, is supply chain. and. The last two years' events mm -hmm. have showed us that our supply chain relies on critical and sometimes fragile pieces. So our CSCO, mm -hmm. uh, now they have the opportunity and I would say obligation to build stronger and more resilient supply chains. That's, that's their role. Uh, it's not about managing costs. It's really mm -hmm. about building better supply chain and more resilient and more and stronger supply chains. You know, something you said, I just wanted to ask you a question, uh, just with everything going on and how much has changed and how everything is intertwined and focused on supply chain. I'm just curious, since you've been doing this for so long, did you have like a gut feeling or did you see this coming even before COVID that I guess how fragile the supply chain was in terms of how we've been doing it up until the past few years? Wow. <laughs> I don't have any crystal ball and uh, I, I didn't have that at the time. No. Uh, so, uh, no, I didn't see that coming. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming or it wouldn't, mm -hmm. it might not have happened like it did. Uh, mm -hmm. So the pandemic, of course, was not something you could, uh, you could think of before it happened. Uh, sometimes we saw like disruptions in the supply chain uh, and say, hey, you know, it, it's not that strong. And we see that if something flips, it's mm -hmm. it causes like uh, problems and huge problems on supply chain. But it was not worldwide problems, mm -hmm. right? Um, so there are other stuff than COVID. Uh, I don't know if you remember this boat that got uh, stuck oh, yes. in, um, uh, how is it called in English? Uh, the Su Suez Canal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it was locked. And... So a lot of flows, distribution flows from Asia to Europe was completely uh, stopped for I don't know how many days it 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 lasted, but it, it right. was and it was not linked to COVID. It was just yeah a big issue and our distribution was going through that canal a lot of it. So mm -hmm. it stuck a lot of elements in all in a lot of supply chains. So but. No, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't see pandemic coming. Well, I guess not the pandemic, but just, I, I mean, just how much the supply chain or how we manage supply chain needs to change and grow. Um, you know, the pandemic, I guess, gave everybody, uh, 
you know, a kickstart into that growth. Um, so when I was looking at different articles and things like that, they talked a lot about different things like agility, sustainability, and resilience um, being new priorities that are important. So I was just curious what your thoughts are with regards to those priorities and were those things you thought about in the past, like pre-COVID or um, so are these not new or are they really new priorities to really intertwine with your supply chain, uh, agility, sustainability and resilience? Well, resilience has, I think, always been something that uh, supply chain managers try to improve um, and so trying to think about worst case scenarios, what if scenarios and build alternate solutions or alternate routes to get the products or alternate um, manufacturing ways or subcontracting and so on. So it, it has been going on for quite a long time now, this resilience uh, supply mm -hmm. chain that we're trying to build. Um, so it impacts cost and capital, of course. So you have to find that balance between cost and capital and resilience. Um, but the highest priority now and, mm -hmm. uh, and for the years to come will be sustainability. Something that, well, we've talked about for, uh, for a long time, but really not impacting directly supply chain. And now it is. It really is something that everybody is looking at and trying to understand how to be more sustainable. And for supply chain, it, it's becoming a competing advantage mm. for, for companies. You know, uh, if you're not sustainable, then your customer might go away from you. And so mm -hmm. that's becoming really important. And in supply chain, there's a lot of sustainability to bring to supply chain. Like this mm -hmm. old distribution, um, we have a lot of ways of distributing product, but very few of them are really sustainable. So it, we have to make a huge effort in that area. Um, and supply chain is part of it. And so, of course, it's going to be the highest priority in the, in the next few years, starting now. And mm -hmm. it has already been started on, on, some, uh, on some parts. Okay, so that makes you sorry. doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was overwhelmed. Um, no, no, it's, it's, you know, it actually is overwhelming because when I put myself in the shoes of somebody who has to take on just even that component, it's like, where do you begin with sustainability? And, um, you know, it, that can go across so many factors in terms of, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to just try, but like managing routes of shipping and moving product, how you manage your warehouse, the cost per, you know, how to, the cost to make the products and things like that. So um, I just, it's, it, it's, it is a huge complex issue. And um, I know when folks are looking at supply chain, of course, they have to look at risks and how do you manage risks? How do you, um, you know, mitigate and avoid risk. So what are your thoughts for our listeners on some good practices to mitigate risks? Well, understanding supply chain is basically mitigating risks. Uh, so you have to understand its structure, your supply chain structure, its strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and risks. Um, again, you need to assess your supply chain to know what 
you need to do, what it, what you have and what you need to do. So there's a, a good tool that is the SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. It usually is used to assess a new, a new business that you want to go in or an existing business and see where you at uh, compared to well, internally and compared to uh, competitors. And but you can use the same uh, kind of tool to to assess your supply chain. So that's that could be for a good start. And then you can define uh, improvement areas where you can work on them and build up a stronger supply chain. So that could be a tool. There are others, of course, but this mm -hmm. is a good one, I think, because it's simple to start with um, and it gives you immediately uh, a good view of your supply chain. A broader in-depth view. Um, so when you think about um, the impact of COVID and what it's had on supply chain and all of the disruption, I feel like now there is such a need to have a longer line of sight in terms of your uh, suppliers and your visibility beyond your direct suppliers. So what exactly would that look like, you know, for our listeners if they had um, a broader view of their supply chain as it relates to their relationships to their suppliers and beyond? Well, that's funny because we we come with it saying since COVID we needed that, but in fact the concepts of supply chain is mm -hmm. uh, we need to have a, have to consider the supply chain from the supplier of your supplier to the customer of your customer. It has always mm -hmm. been a very wide definition of supply chain, uh, and it all it's all linked to knowledge knowledge of your supply chain knowledge is power and if you don't have any knowledge and if you don't know what's happening in your supply chain you can do nothing so this is about knowledge in a very wide mm -hmm. definition from su supplier of your supplier to customer of your customer and so info about the, your the supplier of your supplier um, will help you understand what risks there are in this chain of suppliers of suppliers uh, and then if you understand those risks, you can mitigate them. You can kick off discussions with your direct supplier saying, hey, mm -hmm. you know, we know that upstream on your supplier, so it's my supplier, the supplier of my supplier, um, we might have a risk there. And what can we do to mitigate it? And maybe my supplier needs to talk to his supplier mm -hmm. to better, to, to find uh, ways to mitigate that risk. Or understand it and then if there's no possibility to mitigate that risk maybe i need to have a look at other suppliers that could help me in mitigating that risk so it's all about knowledge from suppliers from for the the whole structure of the supply mm -hmm. chain and again it's not just your company it's suppliers supplier of the suppliers and customers customers of customers and so on so you really have to have a plan B and C and possibly D when you're looking at your suppliers and your whole supply chain, it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's not always having multiple suppliers. You, oh. you can have, uh, it could be, yes, I have uh, a risk with that supplier, so mm -hmm. I need a couple of others. But sometimes, depending on your product, you just can't. 
have that mm-hmm. supplier, uh, multiple suppliers. Uh, in food and beverage, that's typical. Uh, if you want a particular product made in a particular region uh, to make in your final product, then mm-hmm. you don't have that many suppliers that can bring that to you. But maybe the distribution can be uh, with multiple routings because the problem mm-hmm. might not come from your supplier, but from the distributor that the supplier is using. So mm-hmm. maybe you can find another distributor, right? Or maybe you can uh, build more inventory, not in your company, but in your supplier, knowing that you will need that product. And so you can exchange. And if you use a supplier portal, that's really easy, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. But you could share your forecast, your supply forecast to your supplier. Because if you share that information, your supplier will be able to build a better plan to oh. fulfill those requirements. So it's mm-hmm. not always changing suppliers. It can be a lot of discussions and uh, data exchange and and supply chain strategy to build with your current suppliers. Okay. All right. It's so not, not that easy to find a lot of suppliers for the same item, depending on which business you're working in. I th- that makes sense. I get it. Okay. So more communication, more robust data cha- sharing, right? And uh, communicate often and early with your suppliers it sounds like is pretty critical yes what do you what do you think jb about um customers or um companies rather using erp and mrp calculations is why isn't that enough i mean i'm just assuming that things have changed and so what else do they need to be doing so erp is a must-have today so mm-hmm. it's the main data repository in your company. Uh, that's where the data lies and the data is knowledge. And again, knowledge is power. So basically, I would say you need an ERP. Um, mm-hmm. It could be a simple one. It could be a big one, depending on your on your industry and the size of your company. But you need somewhere uh, a system that holds your data. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then MRP is another story. MRP is a, a calculation uh, system that will calculate your supplies depending on your requirements, your customer orders or your forecast. Okay, it was created in the fifties. Um, then there was a second version like MR two uh, concept, and this was developed in the eighties, right? Mm. And that's what we find today on most ERPs, and. Its goal, again, has always been to take external demands like forecast or customer orders and convert it into internal requirements. So Mm -hmm. you start from a customer order and you go upstream your supply chain. And at every step, you're asking yourself, okay, I have that requirement. Do I have inventory to cover it? If I don't, then I need to make something. So Mm -hmm. distribute it or purchase it or manufacture it. And then you go, okay, I need to distribute it from my plant, my production plant. So then I don't have inventory there, so I need to make that product. So I'm creating manufacturing order. And then manufacturing order generates uh, requirements for the raw material that I need to purchase. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this is almost without any constraints. So you take only into account lead times, standard daily uh, lead time Mm-hmm. defined in days um, and sometimes batch sizes and stuff like that, okay? But you don't take into account, for instance, your capacity, which is really basic. But so in an MRP calculation, the system could tell you, okay, today you're going to make uh, the products 
that is worth a year of production just today because there's mm -hmm. no capacity in front of that. So you, the system just doesn't consider this. Um, and if your supply chain is with very um, streamlined suppliers and manufacturing and there's no disruption anywhere, it works perfectly fine. But we know that our supply chain is not that stable, that we have disruptions and more and more disruptions. And of course, the pandemic was one very big one that that showed us that it mm -hmm. there were really big problems. And um, we couldn't see those impacts from pandemic before it happened, right? Uh, right? But now we see that this MRP calculation is just not enough. You don't... Mm -hmm. You don't. You always consider that your upstream supply chain is going to be able to provide, and it's not the case. Right. So, uh, we're our supply chains are way past that. Uh, we need to consider all sorts of constraints and optimization factors, uh, so we get visible and ideally optimized plans, not just the ones that you pull from your requirements. It's not enough. Mm. So now there are softwares. Uh, that exist do that, right? That help us mm -hmm. achieve this. Uh, and again, the software is never enough. So you need to put your processes in front of that and build planning processes so that you can use those softwares correctly to get those plans, those optimized plans that you really need. Um, and so with these softwares and processes, mm -hmm. you will optimize your supply chain and consider constraints and optimization factor that the MRP just can't do. Does it make sense? It does. It sounds so complex, but it sounds really exciting to have such a large, I don't know, problem to figure out. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it is an exciting time for supply chain, for its growth. And, um, you know, I am excited how you talked about sustainability, just what that means for the future. We have talked a lot today about supply chain and what's going on in terms of trends and what folks can do. And I know you have a lot more to share with our listeners. So I do want to let you know that I hope to be speaking to you again. And before we wrap up today's first podcast, I do want to ask you a question. Ooh, and one yes, more. So only one, one more. Okay. Only one more question <laughs> for today. <laughs> okay, for today. Um, well, it's a bit random, but have you ever traveled solo, um, not for work, but like just, you know, gone on a vacation by yourself? I'm just curious. What do you mean? Like backpacking or like, well, when I was younger, I traveled a little bit solo. I'm just curious if you ever did that. Oh, okay, Keisha. So please tell us more about your backpacking experience. No, no, no. This is about <laughs> you, JB. <laughs> No, I'm not a backpacking guy. Uh, oh, no. So uh, I don't have that kind of. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm doing some hiking in the mountains because I live next to, uh, to the Alps. So mm -hmm. I do that kind of stuff, a bit of camping. Uh, but it's, I'm not like the, I know that some people, and I hope you do, uh, just go and backpacking for two weeks or three weeks um in a country in a far country and i've never done that so please share your experience i'm curious 
Uh, let's see. Well, my first was I went to the UK. I had a 30 day ticket and we had a bus and I just traveled on and off the bus for 30 days and then um, came back, you know, for my next semester in college. So I was just curious if you ever had that sort of vagabond experience. But hearing that you live near the Alps, I'm sure you have a lot of time um, outdoors and skiing, I hope. Yes, of course. Well, like, I mean, I can take the car and be in a in a ski station like in an hour, Ooh. within an hour. So yeah, it's something that we do quite a lot, of course. We might have to do a live, you know, when you're on top of the mountain. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be really nice. Might be we, windy. Yeah, and the the connection might not be that good. But oh, that's true. <laughs> we can try. That's true. <laughs> All right, much to look forward to. Okay, well, good. Thank you so much, JB, and um, look forward to talking to you again. And listeners, thank you for your time, and be sure to subscribe to the Lean Swift Hour wherever you get your podcasts. I also want to let you know that Lean Swift we're working on a lot of stuff, and one being a six-part webinar series. So that's going to be starting in November. I'll have more information for you on that, and look for more from us from Lean Swift with thoughts, perspectives, and industry experts sharing what they know best so that you can do what you do best. Again, JB, thank you so much. And listeners, take care. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye, JB. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure to download the Swift Hour wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that you join us again for the Swift Hour. I'm your host, Keisha Berry. 